sports fans. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast coming at you in the nice time slot of a Sunday evening. Long time SBF fans will know that this is when JLo and I do our best work and we're back bringing the Sunday sit down back with a little bit of AFL fantasy chatter that I don't think we'll dive into too much. We did 40 plus minutes in the last episode, but we will talk a little bit about that and include AFL Fantasy in our Mount Rushmore draft. We do go through all the award predictions for the upcoming footy season. And Jake and I talked quite a bit about the ladder and where we see teams finishing and who is going to be in the mix for those final spots, who's going to be fighting for top four, who's going to be the minor premiers and so on. Before we did all that, though, there's a couple of cellar dwellers in the Eastern Conference that, let's be honest, aren't going to get a lot of love once the NBA playoffs start. So we gave them their shine, talked a little bit about the magic and the Detroit Pistons and the likes. I think the next episode we do, we'll talk about the Western Conference, but just want to give those teams some love before they go into their long, long winter of the NBA offseason. So let's not waste any time and dive into today's episode. I tell you what, mate, it feels right. feels good to be sitting back down in our usual time slot, Sunday evening. Uh, we'll keep this tradition rolling. But how are you on the 12th of March? I'm Jayla? good, Al. I'm good. It's, uh, it's a big week. We're about to lock our fantasy sides in. Massive. Huge week. So we've just been deep diving. We've been doing a bit of deep research, watching a lot of uh, deep games uh, over the last year. Today, actually, just this afternoon. So we've got some fantasy footy hot takes. Um, and I just want to get into it, mate. So let's let's fire up and let's go. Yeah, you're right. We have spent a lot of time today doing research and trying to lock in a couple of our last fantasy spots. Uh, we'll talk plenty of footy in the next... I'll call it week, but let's be honest, it's probably four months. And we're going to talk plenty about NBA playoff teams. That's only about a month away, maybe a little bit longer. About this time, mid-April, feels like when the regular season ends. So we'll have our chats about those guys. But I do want to start the pod by just shining a bit of a light on some of the shittier teams in the NBA. Because once the playoffs start, you're not going to hear much from the Orlando Magic. So we're giving the hardcore NBA fans out there just a little bit about their team and kind of the direction that we think they're going in, what they should do. Uh, and I reckon we'll do one conference this week and here's a uh, Sports by Fry exclusive. There may be another sit-down happening with JLo this week. We'll carry the momentum that we've already built. So we'll start out east. Let's do it. Uh, I want to talk about the Detroit Pistons. Now, if the season ended today, they would have the number one draft pick. Or go on, number one lottery odds, I should say. And I think that Victor Webanyama in Detroit would be weird. I would definitely mm. want to see him go somewhere else, but they've been missing Cade Cunningham most of the year, obviously. They have the most losses in the league, no surprise, but how do you think the Pistons are shaping up? They made a trade for Jimmy Wiseman. they still got Dwayne Casey as their head coach, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, he's, be he's not a bad but. coach, so yeah. What, do you th- what are your thoughts on Detroit? Oh, boy, Detroit. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I don't know what to make of them. Uh, I did like the Wiseman get. Don't mind Bagley. Jalen Duran looks all right. Ivy... Cunningham, look, I think they would have been hoping for a bit more of a, a clean run this year. So, Webanyama, you're right, doesn't make sense, but you take Webanyama if you can get him. Fucking so, nice. uh, I don't know. It, if nothing else, they can trade Wiseman and Duran and let Webanyama do his thing. I don't know. They're, they're a mess. It, you're right, doesn't make a, as much sense on paper, but Webanyama makes sense wherever. So, that's true. It's interesting, yeah. I think, when you look at their team, like we've mentioned, they've got a lot of big dudes. Mm. They've got Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey, the two dudes they've drafted both in the top five the last mm-hmm. two drafts. Sounds about right. Ballpark. Yep. So, you know, they've got backcourt pieces. They've got the big position filled. And it just so happens that the two top draft picks in this year's class are a floor general guard and a huge centre. So mm. it's a bit of a bummer the way Detroit's made their team. They could be a team that benefits from sliding a little bit, I think, in the draft odds, uh, in the lottery, sorry. So <laughs> you'd be great to see Victor Webanyama land in Detroit. I'm sure Pistons fans would happily accept it. But yeah, yeah I, I would not like to see Victor there. So there's a couple of other dudes that, you know, they might want to send elsewhere as well. Like you forget Bojan Bogdanovic is on their roster. Oh, he yeah, was a dude Jesus. that was in a lot of trade chatter around the deadline. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> when you're thinking of their backcourt, do you reckon that, Cade and Jaden can go next to each other. Like they can build around those two. Uh, you know, like it's 
It's one of those questions. Yes, no, like maybe. It depends on the two. So probably Cade seems to facilitate nicely and Jaden seems to... You know, you just got two 25 and 5 guys back there. It's, yeah. That's okay. Like Basketball can be played a lot of ways. I would say let's just wait and see, really. They've only probably... Probably played. not. You look at the skill yeah. sets, but you got to give it a go, you know, like... Exactly. And like we said, I haven't seen him and Cade like playing together all year this yeah. year. They might just be able to coexist and who knows. I think the next team uh, up from them, the Charlotte Hornets, a team that yours truly made a lot of money on by betting the under. Mm, I looked at well the done. roster and thought that they're, I think it was like 36, 38 wins. And I was like, they're not scratching that. Their team is shithouse. And yeah, well uh, done. a 22-47 record reflects that. Similar to Detroit, they've been missing their best player for, let's call it, the majority of the year. Yep. He's now out for the rest of the regular season. Whose team would you rather have if you're just thinking about the simple rosters? Would you rather have the kind of murky Charlotte Hornets, who I think Victor Webanyama there would be pretty cool yeah, uh, playing for Michael Jordan, or would you rather have Detroit? Because top to bottom, neither team looks pretty great. I'll take Detroit. You know, you've got the number one pick already in Cade yep. and a lot of other guys and... You know, you, you sh- it's shit to be either, but uh, I'll I'll take Detroit at this point, I think. I think I agree, which is a disappointing thing to hear for Charlotte fans. Mm. They got a lot of tradable dudes that I thought they might get rid of at the deadline as well. Some of them they did, but no one's probably buying Gordon Hayward. Kelly Oubre, Terry Rozier, like... There's starters on this shitty team when you need someone to start because there's literally no one else left. Yeah, Charlotte's just like that place in Thor 3 where every <laughs> all the junk just ends up, you know. Seriously, like time to turn around. Who are we talking about? Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> turn around, guys. Come on, Mike. Get something going. They've missed quite a bit in their recent draft picks. Uh, they're slated. they got the fourth worst record at the moment. So if the season ended today, they'd probably get one of the Thompson twins or Brandon Miller who's a scoring small forward. So there's pieces out there that could help them, but... Sick. This is a team that you you need a win. You need like a Scoot Henderson or a Victor to build your team around. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I can't see them getting better anytime soon. Uh, the Orlando Magic, however, I actually am a big fan of their core. They've got a lot of long dudes and mm-hmm. they've got a lot of talent and they've kind of got like three point guards with Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs. You can kind of throw in that mix. So I'll be interested to see how that backcourt takes shape. But the rest of their pieces look pretty good. Franz Wagner looks like not a steal from his draft class, but he looks like he could push to be an all-star, an all-NBA dude. Paolo Banquero might be a perennial all-star. Maybe. And then yeah. you got guys like Wendell Carter, Mo Wagner. Uh, there's another... Oh, and of course, the Bowl Bowl experience, mm. uh, who are, you know, interesting at least. So what are your, yeah. what are your thoughts on Orlando? Yeah, they're interesting. Um, there's still no clear direction there, mm. which is worrying, and it, I think that's mm, that's the the trap a lot of these teams can fall into. You're just trying things until something sticks, and you know can sometimes be a decade before that happens. You know, a great player doesn't just walk along True. every day. So they're currently looking for the guy. Hopefully, Paolo's it. It's a lot to throw on a first year guy who sweats too much. Um. But yeah, I, I do like what they've got. If Webb and Yama landed there, it's perfect. Like next to his long brethren, uh, he'd feel right at home. That would be cool. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, they're a weird team. They are. Bit, they, these are all weird teams. They are, actually. and that's why they're at the bottom of the standings. And a lot of them just yeah. have young dudes that you're like, all right, like let's just give them a couple more years. But I think Orlando and the team we'll talk about next, they're positioned to. I feel like they got the majority of the pieces compared to a Charlotte or a Detroit. I don't really know what Orlando needs to kind of make the leap. Probably just more years in their young All-star? dudes. Well, mm. yeah, that would be convenient. Mm. But like, these are, this isn't a team that should go and, I don't know, seriously enter the Bradley Beal sweepstakes, right? Say he asks out in the summer. You don't think they'd benefit from landing him for, I don't know, a couple of picks and maybe Cole Anthony or something? Well, yeah, maybe. Um, they just need experience. And, you know, like it needs to be the, the Paul Millsaps of the world who are so maybe it is a Brad Beal and a thirty-year-old three-year contract or something, yep. and but not that he's coming from a winning program at all. But True. you know, if you can find someone who knows how to win and can help these guys out, that's what they need, really. And if yep. it's at an all-star level, you maybe you pay a premium, but it changes a culture. So 
that's what they need it's what it feels like they need just some guidance like the rockets in the west it seems that way you're mm. right i think uh prior to the deadline i suggested that they should make a move for fred van vliet i'm like they kind of maybe yeah. just packaged a couple of salaries back when terence ross was still on the roster that would have been a team that i'd like to see make a play at someone mm. like that so i think that's a potential move that they could explore in the summer. Similar with the Indiana Pacers. They don't need help at guard because they've clearly got Benny Matherin and Tyrese Halliburton who is balling at the moment. But I do like a lot of their roster. I don't, again, similar with Orlando. They've got the pieces, but they don't have, or Halliburton might be the transcendent star they can build around. But I still feel like they need a a big wing or another all-star to go next to Tyrese and as these other dudes develop to really realise their ceiling and make a playoff push in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, you listen to what we're saying, you're like, yeah, they need just, you know, two to three fifths of their team um, <laughs> and then they'll be right. So, yeah, I definitely agree. They need a, more bigs. They're sort of trying to address that with like, um, what's his bloody name? Jalen Smith. Yeah. Um, the other big guy who's in draft league. I don't know. They got a couple you of sort dudes. of forget got, their names. They got O'Shea Brissett. They got yeah. just uh, Isaiah Jackson. They do do have James Johnson and Daniel Tice rotting away on their roster as yeah, well. Yeah, they're missing a lot. Um, there's a lot of work to do. Halliburton looks really nice, but they've got a lot of work. Do they get like at least picks from um, Sacto for bloody... What's his name? Old uh, Sabonis. Sabonis. Yeah. No, I think in that trade... I don't think there were too many draft picks that yeah. swapped hands from memory. I'll do my yeah. research, but... Jeez, oh, they gave him away. I think that was pretty close to your players for my players because Buddy Heald went back to Indiana in that trade as well. Yeah, okay. I think he and Miles Turner, two dudes that have been mentioned along with the likes of John Collins in trade rumours for years, mm. I think that they're valuable trade picks. So if you really wanted, you could maybe get... A, no one's trading the number one pick with Wemby's on the board, but you could quite easily move up the draft order if they get pick six. They could try and jump up to two or three and draft a dude yeah, that they think's really good. Maybe add one of those dudes to entice another trade partner. But I do like the pieces that Indiana have. I just wonder how they mesh. Like I said, I think they need probably another wing or two before I can get excited about their core. I think they need. I think I like two players on their roster. Well, I like Turner. I like Heald. No. I like, as long-term prospects, Matherin and Halliburton. I Andrew like those Nebhard two. had some moments. Like, he could be a backup, take those TJ McConnell minutes. Oh, mate. I don't know. Yeah, I hear... I saw, no, I don't agree. Well, we are clutching at straws with a lot of the teams at the bottom. Uh, if the season ended today, the Chicago Bulls would have the tiebreaker over Washington for the 10th seed. Uh, but I don't really love either team. Chicago has obviously probably got a lot more on... Paper power, but paper, uh, power. paper power, but Lonzo Ball, I think we've seen the last of him as at the level we've seen him play, which is mm. sad to say. And then Washington are just, you know, they're fucked. Like, really, if there's a franchise that I would least like to be right now, it might be the Wizards. You're locked in with that Brad Beal contract. Kuzma's probably going to walk in the offseason or demand a shitload of salary. Mm. Poor Zingas, like, I think he's actually having a really good year. Yeah. But if those three are firing and you're still at, what, 31 and 36, it's probably not a long-term option. So I think that they're a team that should and immediately look at dealing one of those dudes to get some picks and get some other young dudes through the door. But, yeah, the Wizards aren't exactly a developmental factory either. Yeah, that's uh, you're right. Wizards are in a tough spot. At least they have tradable pieces, though. Like Kuzma, is he expiring this year or something? I think he's got a player option for next year, but oh, he won't take. It's that. down pretty low. Yeah. Okay. You know, like they've got things they can do. They've got options. Brad Beal, you know, is a bit overpriced and stuff at this point of his career, but they can make some moves. If you're sort of saying like, uh, did he was it Indiana who could? you know, jump up with Buddy Heald, you can make yep. the same case True for the old uh, Wizards. The old who was the other team we were talking about? Uh, the Bulls, who yeah. might squeeze into the play-in mix the way that they're looking, but I don't think that there's any uh, long-term hope there. No, you're right. Um, they, the thing they had was Lonzo Ball. Like, he was mm. honestly so valuable, defensively amazing player, um, improved, great playmaker, added so much to that team. Tons. And uh, he's gone, and who knows what he'll be like. So, um, look, they're right in that spot. We always say you don't want to be like right in the middle. Uh, hopefully, they can 
Yeah, fucked. They're fucked. Yeah, yeah. Because you you know you look yeah. at Demar Derozan. If you were to try and trade yeah. him to like I don't know the Lakers, mm. let's say that they, you just sucker them into a deal. You're Dallas. Probably, or something. Yeah, you're probably not getting tons of like picks in that back. Their pick this year goes to Orlando, so I think Orlando has two top ten picks Jeez. as it's slated right now. So, yeah, I agree. I think that both these teams are probably destined to get worse before they get better, and they might. Because they're hovering around the middle, they might yeah. just need to cut some dead weight to really fast forward their uh, climb, yeah. climb their um, descent down the standings. Yeah, no, you're totally right. It's a sad reality. Sorry, Washington. A uh, couple of callbacks: the Tyrese Halliburton, Demontis Sabonis trade only had one oh, draft pick. Halliburton, no. of course. I forgot he came over. Yeah, yeah my that bad. was a, a second rounder that went back to uh, Sacramento. So it was Buddy Heald, Halliburton, and Tristan Thompson. For Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and DeMontis Sabonis. Which, you know... Yeah, kind of worked out. Win-win for both teams. Yeah, uh, and Kyle Kuzma has a $13 million player option this year. So he's not yeah. picking that up. I expect no him to get the bag. Uh, yeah. All right. A couple of other teams that are in this play-in mix. We're not going okay. to talk about these in depth, but... I'm glad we're getting through this now because, boy, these teams are uninspiring to talk about. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, you kind of look at them all and they either fall into the bracket of all right, let's give these young guys a couple more years or, all right, they need to like hit on a couple of draft picks yeah. or trade some of the pieces for an all-star. So they all fall in a very similar bracket. But these yeah. ones, a bit closer to 500. What are your thoughts on the Raptors and Hawks? Because I think that Miami Heat, who are seventh, we know what they are and we know about the teams above them, obviously. Mm. But the Hawks and Raptors are interesting because they're two other teams that are probably expecting to do better than what they are at the moment. I was big yeah. on Toronto having a strong yeah, we, season we in both the preseason were. and yeah. yeah it's kind of just fallen in their face so yeah what do you reckon of those two squads before Ooh. we transition to footy they're both two, two more tricky squads they're a little bit more interesting i think the hawks you just gotta hang in there having just got Dejounte murray like probably time to move on from john collins <laughs> that time was three off seasons yeah ago. but you know just figure out a, a little bit of and I, they just don't have an identity, no. I don't think. Like, and it may be hard with Trey Young, but you can still build around those two guys. So, I don't mind like Capella and a Kongwu next to them. They kind of make a bit mm. of sense. Could probably offload Capella for a Kongwu. Seems like a like for like. Yeah, very. You don't similar. need two of them. Um, but yeah, I think they just need to find an identity. So I, I wouldn't be hitting the panic buttons if I was an Atlanta Hawks fan. Uh, and who's the other one? Toronto Raptors. Oh boy, I would be, you know, I'll, I'll be there in a few. True. Yeah. Months. About a month or and so. yeah, I would be hitting the. I, I might suggest it to them. Yeah, when you I'm get there. you get down to Scotiabank Arena and you walk through those doors. You can link up with um, what's his name? I think it's Scott Foster, the ex. No, not Scott Foster, the ex Wildcats coach. He's on their staff. Oh really? Yeah. Oh there you go. That's, he left the Cats to go and be an assistant for them. Still there. Good oh, choice, Scotty Foster. What's his name? That's going to annoy me. Anyway, not Trev um, Gleason. It might be Trev Gleason. Anyway, um, if I was the Raptors, Trev Gleason. Yeah. I reckon Pascal Siakam's not that old. I'd move nope. on from Van Fleet. I I like I've sort of I think I said it to you earlier. I think he's a championship point guard. Mm. Yep, I agree. Um, Can be I just, that good. I just don't think these guys are a championship roster yet. But Scotty Barnes is, shows promise. Yeah, OG Ananobi's good. There's they're, they're just. I don't know what they're missing, actually. Yeah, it's hard to put your finger on because I'm just looking at their depth chart. They obviously made the trade for Jakob Pertl mm. at the deadline. And when you say their starting lineup is Van Vliet, Ananobi, Barnes, Siakam, Pertl, you're like, oh, that's probably like a top six team in the East. Like, that's a good lineup. Solid. But then you say, all right, like outside of Siakam, who's usually one of the last picks of the All-Star game, who else is challenging for a spot on that roster? Yeah. No one, really. Ananobi and Barnes do look like good younger pieces, but... You're right, Fred Van Vliet's probably going to bail and get a bag somewhere this offseason. Gary Trent Jr., I think, is in a similar boat. Mm. I'll be interested, just quickly, going back to the Atlanta Hawks. I agree. I think that if it was under Nate McMillan, they probably would have continued to explore like dealing Capella and playing a Kongwu. But from the limited sample size of Quinn Snyder stuff I've seen mm. and the Good things get. I've read... And, yeah, agreed. I think that that's probably the best thing that they did this season was sign him um yeah, I but i do wonder if they're going to play both those dudes as much or if you know their minutes will just kind of mirror when the other one's off the court and the trey young Dejounte murray fit like i know it's one year in 
I don't know if those two can coexist. That's two super talented dudes, so they're probably going to keep at least steering Atlanta to an above 500 record, but it almost might be time before he asks out and loses a bit of his value to just just uh, make a couple calls, see if there's anyone interested in paying four first-rounders to secure Trey Young with mm. you know a couple of other young picks. Because if you say that DeJounte is their starting point guard with, I don't know, Sadiq Bay. No, Bogdan Bogdanovic and then Capella. Like, you just need a couple of other pieces around that. And they could get them in a trade for Trey. So, I'll be interested to watch that. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, it'd be interesting. You're right. It depends on the price. Uh, I, I agree. I don't know if Trey's a championship point guard. But you know what? Bloody hell. He's in year five or six and... It's probably going to be top three in <laughs> yeah. assists and points again this year. Or, you know what I mean? That's like, right. right up there in the averages. So. He's bloody talented. So, he maybe we is. should just... What the fuck do we know? Let's be honest. You Nothing. Know. So that's yeah. a good point. You know, stop wasting our time talking <laughs> basketball. Talk about something we know and love passionately. Before yeah. we talk real footy, let's talk fantasy footy. Now, that's this might be like a long that deep is real dive. Footy, mate. Well, yeah, okay. Who are we kidding? Uh, I don't reckon we'll do yeah, a massive deep dive because we did 40 minutes on fucking Thursday. No worries. But um, how's your team looking? You said you were a four out of 10 on Thursday when we asked you how you're feeling, but... There's been a lot of chop and change, a lot of discussion. Oh. A lot of characters have rolled through a couple of spots on field for you and me, but you particularly. Uh, how are the Kusbalkan boys looking slash feeling under four days away from round one? I, I, uh, I feel better, I think, than I did the other day. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know my reaction. Uh, you know, my midfield's bloody good. Midfield is good. My forward line is maybe good. And my back line is hopefully good. And that's probably where... That probably describes it pretty well. That probably describes where every fantasy coach is at at the minute, I think. Probably. I'm trying to toss up, and I asked you this question on the last pod, between Sheed, Callahan, and Warple. And I uh, passionately went into bat for Finn Callahan Hmm. on Thursday. Uh, Yesterday, I was... Convinced that Dom Sheed was actually the right pick, and this evening Warple's sitting in that spot. So yeah. there's still a lot to play out at the Large Fries and Coke HQ. Um, a lot of rookies. I think we've got the same rookies locked in, but pretty similar. Just hear, yeah. uh, keep your ear to the ground and hear the buzz around Bailey Humphrey this week. Because if Bailey Humphrey rolls in, plays round one for the Suns, and scores well, we're laughing. I reckon he's going to be a very reliable cash cow. So okay. he's someone that you should definitely. Uh, just, just keep your ears out for, I reckon. Oh, well, I don't have him in, in squad at the moment, so that's good. I, I have absolutely exhausted all the Turner K rookies <laughs> uh, to the point at which when seven of them aren't named on Wednesday night or whatever it is, you know, be uh, I'll be panicking. Yeah, I need these $200K rookies to play and come through heavy so you, let's go you're probably listening to this uh, sports beer episode on a monday morning uh if you are then later in the day i'm going to be dropping the podcast version of my article that looks at the most important rookies so you, you can listen to that jlo and that'll give you all the answers you need my mm, friend thank you uh, all right let's look at actual footy uh Here i did start to make a couple of bold predictions but i reckon we'll keep them in our back pocket mm. for the podcast later in the week but we want to talk some awards and then dive into a pretty interesting uh, Mount Rushmore as well. So let's talk about the ladder, because obviously it never stays the same year to year. Every team fluctuates. Usually there's, on average, it feels like two teams that make the eight that weren't in there last year. And I think I've taken a bit of that into account and tried to get fancy with some of my finals picks for the upcoming season and the teams that I think will make the eight and the ones that will miss. But I'm relatively happy with a couple of them as well. So... Do you want to just go position by position and then we'll talk through a couple of teams? Because I feel like our ladders will be somewhat similar. Yeah. All right. Let's You, you lead us off, mate. You so if we're going. forecasting by the end of the home and away season, I reckon that the Ds will have the minor premiership. I think, you know, they came off winning a flag last year. They well, Halfway through the season before they lost to Frio and I think Sydney and maybe Essendon as well. They were like, what, 10-0, and 11-0, maybe 10 They were rolling. So yeah. I think that, you know, they lost momentum towards the back half of the year and there was a couple of bits and pieces that happened that affected the Ds and they might have bowed out in straight sets. I tend to forget. But regardless, uh, I'm big on the Melbourne Demons, not only winning the minor premiership, but the actual premiership as well. Yeah. No, that's a, a really good pick. 
Uh, we were having a little chat about the D's earlier. They got better this off season. Um, can't really think of many outs other than Jaden Hunt. Can you? Mm, not or off Oscar the Baker. Dope. Brody, uh, Brody Grundy came in. Yeah, lost some picks and stuff. But Luke Jackson. Oh uh, yeah. But you yeah, know, that's interesting. If, if you were building a team to win a flag this year, would you want Brody Grundy or Luke Jackson in your team? Well, you know, Luke Jackson's forward craft's pretty good. True. Um, yep. Anyway, uh, I do like the pick. Oh, they're not my minor premiers. Is that oh. how we're rolling? Yeah, pick? I reckon. Uh, I'm going to go with the newly bolstered Brisbane side. Um, I just think if they get a healthy run up at the Gabba, they're pretty pretty scary. Very formidable. Um, added Dunkley, added Ashcroft. I reckon they've got the depth now. And added it, Dunstan just, too. Like, yeah, and just a bit more maturity around guys like Cam Rayner, who's now in probably like year five or whatever. Mm. Um, I just think that's important. And same with Hipwood. Harris Andrews still not that old so I think they're in a really good spot um, and so yeah I like Brisbane seems like if you play in Brisbane the first couple of weeks you're going to get hit with some soft tissues because it's <laughs> hot and like people are always cramping so and muggy and, yeah, yeah you're a right. bit of an early season break there for Brizzy maybe uh, if you're considering starting with Josh Dunkley and Will Ashcroft just, just get him out of your side just pivot go somewhere different yeah, well, so what? So we can capitalise? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think they're like literally the two most popular players in the game. So Rightly so. Yeah, so, so Brizzy, my number one, I think they'll win the minor premiership. Do I think they'll win? That's another question. Yeah, but. I agree wholeheartedly with that because I have the Lions too. And I mm-hmm. think uh, they're over and under for wins set at about 14 and a half. And last year they won 16 games. So I'm like, they're not getting fucking worse. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. see why... People don't expect them to take a massive leap and finish on top of the ladder. Yeah, they went, sorry, 15 games last year. So they're expecting a similar season from the Lions. Yeah. Okay. I reckon that they'll climb and finish in the top four for sure. Yep. Okay. Um, next up, I have the reigning Premier Geelong Cats in at third. Uh, and I feel a bit... In at third? Yep. Feel a bit gross about putting them down that low, but I've Have just we missed talk- second? No, Lions were second for me. Oh, sorry. Okay, yep. just jump ahead. Yeah, yeah. No so yep. Geelong, I think, you know... Some of these spots, it comes down to percentage to decide the difference between them. So yeah. I could see a world where Geelong win the minor premiership, but I think their roster's a bit worse than last year. Not dramatically, so I still think they'll be squarely in the mix. But like you lose someone like Selwood who brings a ton of experience and talent to the field. You got, well, I'm looking through their outs now. Luke Dalhouse isn't a massive out. Cooper Stevens yeah, and Sean Higgins better. aren't great. Uh, Tanner Bruin, Jack Bowes, Jai Clark, Ollie Henry in. So they've got an, a nice, uh, not established talent coming mm. in, but they've got dudes who have three or four years in the system under their belt. So I think that they will be good ins for the Cats. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see just what they could replicate this season. Yeah, uh, I've also... Oh, should I go to my second? Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah so my number two... Um, God, I wanted to find a way to get Melbourne here. But I just can't. It's a the top of the ladder is really top six, top seven. I found it really hard. Top eight. I reckon the cutoffs about ten teams. I reckon after about ten, maybe eleven. I'm like, no, nah, you're not making finals. Yeah, nine. I'm nine. I'm sure of making the finals. So you do the maths there, yeah. uh, Frizo. Uh, but I've got Richmond at my number two All right, slot. Talk me through your your Richmond take because we had this uh, half chat off air, and I was saying they they're getting older. You know. Dusty's got another year under his belt. Trent Cotchin's probably in his last year. And Jack Rewalt, let's be honest. And then there's a couple of other dudes that have already retired. Like you lost Castagna a couple of weeks ago. Caddy. Uh, who else retired? Someone last season as well that the name is blanking. The Kane Lambert. There you go. Got there eventually. But, yeah, yeah. but then I kind of came around. So sell yeah. the SBF audience on the Tiggies. Well, look, they got way better in the offseason. They brought in two young midfielders uh hopper a workhorse taranto you know the man who drives Bull. he's pretty much he's christian petrarca they're in the oh no he was in the mcgrath draft that's he right. was yeah um but you know i just think they've got better there they've got one of the best but i think he's the best forward in the league tommy lynch you know got it, yeah him or jez cameron um you know there's a couple couple balls boys but whatever <laughs> But I just think they've got a lot better. They've still got stars. Shea Bolton's one of the best players in the league. He's probably the best player in the league on his day. Um, not consistently, but when he's going, he's probably the best player. Um, Don't hate that call. 
yeah, I'm pretty close to it. Um, and he's, they've got a great defense. They've got a, the best coach of the last decade. They've still got Dusty. They've still got Rewalt. They've still got Cochin, who will just be playing ancillary roles at mm. this point, just helping the culture and moving it along. But I think they have all the pieces, maybe the small forward areas, but Mo Rioli just puts on so much pressure. He's amazing. Like Dan Rioli drives them short. They've still got, they've good bloody side. And I, yeah. think, I think they still have plenty in the tank. So I'm going Richmond two. And, and you, then Geelong three for me as well. Yeah, okay. When you Similar look at their back six, you know, Robbie Tarrant is getting old, but they got Noah Bolter, Nathan Broad, Liam Baker. None of those dudes are probably over 25, maybe Bolter slightly, but oh, even if they are, I still think that they got good yeah. years of footy ahead of them. Yeah. That's, I guess, the point I'm making. And then, yeah, Marlon Pickett thrown into the mix there. Mm. If they do lack a little bit up forward, Dusty basically didn't play last year, yeah. so he could play the... Very similar role to Nat Fife and just charge up. I had, I chopped and changed where I was going to put the Tiggies, but I settled with putting them at, oh, hang on, seventh. I think okay. they'll still yep. make the finals. I think they'll be similar to last year, maybe lose a couple of games they shouldn't. And I just think, because the competition bats so deep now that they're Does. destined to, you know, slip up a little bit. Even though they have a proven track record of winning at the highest level, I think that. They could challenge for the flag this year, but they might have just missed their last chance. They might just be a little bit over the hill, in my eyes. Yep, you just wait, mate. Wait <laughs> till the Tigers just prove you wrong like they always do. Uh, go down to fourth. You, yes, sir. You ready for that? Uh, I've got Collingwood at mm. fourth. So there's still the glaring omission of Melbourne, but Collingwood in at fourth. I just think their tackling pressure looks fantastic. Tommy Mitchell going there. Did they give up anything for Tom Mitchell? Uh, I think in that trade, it was like a three-way where... Oh, with um, yeah. What's his name? Ollie Henry went to Geelong. Okay. Cooper Stevens went to Hawthorne. I anyway, think it was kind anyway, of... Let's not get caught in the details, but... Yeah, I, I think they've got better. I think they, they added McStay as well. Mm. Just And he's not a flashy player, but no one in Col- uh, Collingwood's forward line is flashy, really. Not really. Other their than midfield, Guinea. Yeah, their midfield's great. Oh, yeah, Guinea. They're going to get a lot of growth from both Dacos's, Ginevan. You know, they lost Ellie Henry, but I don't think that's huge. Um, just never liked his face anyway. <laughs> Cop um, that. Drive by for Henry. <laughs> yeah, fucking Ollie. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be fantastic this year. Um, and I just really respect Craig McRae and what he did in one mm. year there. And yeah, I, that's definitely worth mentioning. I can't wait to see what year two holds for him, really. I have the pies slipping somewhat, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll go into them in a bit, but. I think just because of the amount of close games that they won last year, I think that they can't replicate that. But then again, they might be good enough that they're not playing in close games. So the team that I had fourth, uh, I did have Carlton sitting there and I still might invest some of the uh, hard SBF capital into a top four finish for the Blues. But right now it's the Fremantle Dockers because I think that a lot of people are sleeping on how much better Frio got this offseason because I was actually looking up and down. I'm like, righto, we lost... Griff Logue, Rory Lobb, uh, Blake Akers, like lost some real key points of the parts of their 22. But I think on paper our team looks better and fits better structurally rolling into this season. Maybe that's because Jager O'Meara gives us like a real clean midfield rotation with the likes of Brody and Sarong and Braish and Fifey up forward gives us another weapon. But I do think that the Dockers are poised to... September uh, charge might be pushing it, but I think that they're going to be good enough and win enough games at Optus Stadium that they will finish in the top four, just probably on percentage ahead of some of the other teams we'll talk about. Yeah, no worries. I had Frio five, uh, just their forward line still. Five will add a little bit. Mickey Walters declining though. Sorry, Minaj Barker last night, actually. Mm. Uh, How is he walking? Because he's been out injured for much of the preseason. Yeah, <laughs> Got from point A to B? Yeah, A to B. Actually, there is a point A to B joke in the show. Anyway, there you go. Well done. Shout out, Arch Barker. <laughs> um, yeah, I had them at fifth. Their forward line still worries me somewhat. Um, it's been worrying me for 10 years, so I don't uh, don't blame you. Exactly. But your defense is fantastic. Some other teams. Midfield's great. Sarong's going to have a, just a monstrous year. Mark my words. Um, so, yeah, Frio fifth. And it, I've, I've got to be honest, my top six I wrote just looking at the ladder and being like oh they i think they could win it and it's That's just fair. it's yeah. literally sat in the order that i wrote it out at and i'm okay with it um but yeah frio fifth which means for me that melbourne is sixth okay and yeah. do i actually 
believe that's going to be the case it's it's really like hoping the first six games fit doesn't work with you know there's friction there's a know, lot of things to mesh yeah a yeah. bit of this bit of that but um for all seriousness melbourne could be the rain uh, top of the table at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, they so could just run the gauntlet, I reckon. I think that they... They could. They could. They could just they go could. that good. But, yeah, they didn't exactly do it last year when they were shaping up to do it halfway through the year. That's so right. there's concerns. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I've got a couple of other teams that we haven't mentioned in the bottom half of my eight, uh, including the Carlton Blues. I think they finally mm. break the finals curse. They probably should have played finals last year, but... They were an unreal outfit and had really good games and good moments. A couple of injuries. Cripper was a Brownlow contender for the whole year and obviously ended up winning it. But I still feel like he could have gone better, if that mm. sounds weird. Yeah. Sammy Walsh as well. Like He probably didn't have the smoothest run into his season. Uh, never does. Have another interrupted preseason, if you don't mind. Yeah, he never does. Uh, so, yeah, I think Carlton will jump back up. And I think, obviously, the Swans need to be in the top eight. I do think that they're going to be... One of the massive sliders. I feel like they achieved probably a bit more than they should have last year. But, you know, you do that and then you build momentum from that going forward. Like, they didn't obviously undergo a lot of list turnover. I can't tell you a serious trade that they made, to be honest. So Nothing jumps, yeah. If that's the case, then there's no reason why they can't at least, like, replicate a very similar season. A yeah. couple of rookie trades here and there. But, yeah, like I said, they did nothing. They lost Josh Kennedy, but he was barely playing anyway. Uh the yeah, okay. Tigers, I had seventh, but yeah, sorry. Go on and give us a couple of your bottom tier top eighters. Well, no, just uh, interestingly, I I wrote Carlton down ninth. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I felt like it jumped off. Sorry, Gold Coast. Um, I wanted to believe in you guys. Nah, prove us. Yeah, like, that's it. right. Um, Carlton's ninth for me, but I do think sitting at eighth of the doggies, Swan seventh. Maybe I think Carlton. I, I think Carlton's eighth. There you go. They have that, Carlton. You're welcome. Doggies, you're not. Enjoy. Just because the, I just think Carlton at both ends plus their midfield, they've got a pretty complete team. Whereas the doggies, I feel like, still lack something up, bit up back, bit up forward. Yeah, they've got some tall timber across their whole roster. But I, and we're talking know, doggies. Yes, yep. and they've got a couple of um, big names like uh, Bont, Baz Smith, McRae, Timmy mm. English. I think might be. By the end of this season, the best ruckman in the league, or at least the around the ground ruckman. Yeah. But yeah, I can't. I've got them tenth. I think that they're just destined to have another similar season. Maybe be battling the last month of the season. They need to win all four to make finals or something, and it could happen. But I've actually got, like I mentioned before, Richmond seventh, and then I have the Adelaide Crows shocking the world and mm. sliding into the eight because I think they're poised to make a big leap. They finished eleventh or twelfth from memory last year, and I do think that. Oh, 14th, sorry. So I do think that they're ready. It might Their big leap might see them finish 9th or 10th and miss out just, but I think that they're a team that's capable of playing finals footy. Granted, part of this is from watching them play West Coast, who didn't exactly use the ball cleanly, but I do think that the Crows are ready to make a jump. Um, yeah, I'm not so hot on the Crowies. I've got them sitting at 12th. I don't know. They finished 14th last year. Mm-hmm. Their midfield's fantastic, but they're still not set you know you've got Rory Laird and then you've kind of got Barry you've kind of got Crouch half the season maybe if they're even playing just him just chalk him up for yeah half a season's worth of games each year Sloan's not going to play in there much Keezy plays up forward all the time like I, I don't know what's happening mm. like Rochelle Rochelle was playing a lot of time in there against West Coast I still feel like they're finding their rhythm I think they need to move on from the Texi Walker kind of error yep. seems like that's what they did in the off season I, I've got a lot of hope for Adelaide like the way they came out and have a five year plan I just don't think that's year is going to be this year um, just they still got a bit of growth in a few areas few questions that need answering at either end of the ground and, and even probably that extra midfielder to, to go with Led, who I think yeah. is the best probably the best midfielder in the comp right now hard to argue um, yeah just not enough so they're 12 for me but Prove me wrong. I um, think they're, like you said, the Tex Walker era is nearing an end. I wouldn't honestly Sloaney. be shocked if this was his last year. Similar Sloaney. with Sloaney. Yeah, but they've got some dudes that they need to take the step up. But I love Jake Saligo and how he looks. Harry Schoenberg's had flashes for the last few years, but it doesn't look like he's going to piece it together. Yeah. But you look at their forwards without Tex. Let's say their full forward line. you got Isaac Rankin, who they got in the offseason. Interesting. Darcy Fogarty, who could bag 50 snags. He's, could. 
hasn't looked, looks like an old school full forward he, uh, yeah, people have been saying that for years though you know like that he oh, years. you know yeah like I was gonna say he's only in like his fourth or fifth year yeah isn't well he? that's it there's, there, everyone's been sort of saying like oh you know soon he's gonna show and I just have never seen it I, I agree could but I reckon we're about to I genuinely yeah. think this will be the year yeah. uh, let's say I reckon he averages more than two a game so that's 45 plus I reckon he kicks that many uh, yeah. and then you got Josh Rochelle in the other pocket again another dude that could plop up and play some midfield time because I agree that they're really missing that other dude and that other star alongside mm. Roy Laird. Sam Berry should be another one that jumps up. Yeah. Jordan Dawson can play a bit on the wing, but yeah, they're probably missing a, a Robin to Roy Laird's Batman, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. I just don't think it's quite there yet. Um, and I'm not sure about old... Is it Nixie? Yeah. yeah I don't Nix. know about him. Uh, he seems like a lovely guy, but I'm not sure. Um, All right, now that we're out of the top eight, because we spend a lot of time discussing each of the eight teams, I reckon these guys we kind of burn through a bit quicker. But I'll start with my nine, because... Uh, yep. Some attentive listeners might notice that I've got the Collingwood Magpies missing the finals. Mm. And I think that's just probably me being a bit fancy. And I'm like, yeah, well, you're not going to have the same eight. So let's just say that Collingwood miss out and they can just be ninth and we'll put Adelaide in. So if I had a gun to my head, I probably would put Collingwood in the eight and I'd find someone that comes out. But I just want to see them do it again. And they might prove me wrong. They did it last year and they looked really good doing it. But Craig McRae, great coach. They got Tommy Mitchell now. I still just have some scepticism over whether last year was a bit of a fluke or not. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah. I've All right. So now we know. talk about everyone's <laughs> yeah. favourite bottom half of the ladder. Let's uh, do it. The Gold Coast Suns and the Port Adelaide Power. Who do you reckon finishes higher? Uh, I've got the Suns just over them, literally one spot ahead. Exactly the same. Yep. I think yep. that they're a little bit better. I This... Oh, no, I'll save this take for the bold predictions one later in the week. But I do think that Port Adelaide uh, in for a like, make-or-break type of season. This will be really interesting to see where they go. Gold Coast, I don't think they're under as much pressure, but, you know, they've... Oh, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I keep wanting to see them make the leap, but I just look up and down through their roster and don't expect them to. So I don't know, yeah, if, I don't know right. if pressure is heaped on them because they haven't made the finals. I think when I look at their team and their roster, I'm like, all right, like you're destined to finish 10th or you'll be in the first couple of teams fighting for the last spot in the eight. And it seems like they've been hovering around there for years. So yeah, I'm not full of confidence in either. But no. yeah, I agree. I think I've got the Suns slightly ahead. Yeah, Port could have a big... They could jump right back up. They were right up there two years ago and they just had that crap start to last yeah, year. Yeah, 5 just... If you take that year. away, they actually were a really good side. Mm. So I'm not sure what to make of them, but I still am going to stick them down at 11th. Just one one spot ahead of Adelaide. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, I've got the Bombers sitting in that spot below Port Adelaide. Yeah, I think okay. that they'll be better this year under Brad Scott and I think we'll see the rewards in 2024 as he kind of implements, you know, putting Andy McGrath in the position he won his Rising Star Award in, mm. making a couple of other tweaks and changes. Seems like Will Setterfield's prime for a big year. Mm. They've got some other talented dudes as well, like Parrish, Zach Merritt, Sam Draper could have a breakout. So I like some of the pieces of the Bombers. I just don't know who's A, stopping the goals and B, kicking the goals, other than two-metre Peter. So yeah, you got anything to say on the Bombers? Uh, I've got them further down. So, okay. yeah. Saints? Yeah, I've got them next. Yeah, okay. Uh, where's, just, your, where's your St Kilda uh, feelings lie? Uh, they're just solid everywhere. They don't have any other than Jackie Steele. Oh, look, their midfield's fine. Roy Marshall's a pretty dangerous bloke, but... Shout out Brad Crouch. Yeah, yeah, you know, Brady Crouch is fantastic. I think Zach Jones is a bit underrated mm. when he's actually out on the deck, but yeah, they're just lacking something. I don't know what it is, and I'd love to see St Kilda do well. I quite like their team, but... For some reason, I just got them fallen. So, they're, I think we're at the same position on the Yeah, okay. Now. So, we've yeah. probably got the same bottom four then. So, reel off your your bottom four from 15th. No, what would it be? Yeah, 15th down. Yeah, so I've got West Coast 14th. Mm-hmm. And then I just think Essendon's still in a shambles. And oh, you look yeah, at I the, forgot you said the bombers are lower. You look at the teams ahead of them and that you're just like, yeah, they're better. And they're further along and their youngsters are better. And there's mm-hmm. still a lot of work to be done at Essendon. Then the Giants, um, another team like they're still on paper fantastic, but I just don't, I just don't see them putting it all together. Um, yeah. Now. And then North Melbourne seventeenth, and I thought think the Hawks are probably going to be the worst team in the league. I you know, just their midfield's shredded. 
after yeah, Mitchell goes and Omira goes. Their forward line's young and pretty identityless. And I can't even think of a backman from them. So other than Impy, does he count? Nah, sick dog. But you know, there's oh, a sick. there's a lot of work to be done there. Yeah, agree. Um, just lost their captain as well. Last and lost Shields and lost the last of that old era. So it's a full reset. Um, and cool to be doing it with Sammy Mitchell, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I've got my bottom four, not including the Bombers, but it's slightly different. I got the Hawks, West Coast, North, and then GWS finishing last. Yeah, okay. I think that new coach. You lost real key pieces of your midfield in Toronto and Hopper. They did, obviously, that opens up opportunity for Kelly to get back to his best, Tom Green to take another step up. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Cadman, I think, is a great pick for them to get to fast forward their rebuild. Or not fast forward, I should say. Yeah. He could be a pillar of their rebuild. Yeah. Um, Cogs First are still step. great, but, you know, there's just a couple of bits of dead weight around the team. Like, what, what are we going to get bit harsh to say this bloke's name after dead weight but what are we getting from Lockie Whitfield this year like he, yeah. could be, he could be anything he could average 100 in fantasy and we'd be like yep checks out or yeah. he could just turn around play six games and we're like yeah that's the Lockie Whitfield we know so yeah. I think that GWS I'm going to be in for some urt uh, in the first year under Adam Kingsley we'll say though about GWS it feels like they're a little bit of a victim of the circumstances with the Cameron thing and then the McVeigh things of course the magnets got thrown around a True. lot I would expect uh, King is it Kingsley? Did you yeah. say? I honestly would have lost money on that. I've got no, <laughs> that's I why I'm here, mate. I, I wouldn't have steer even, the ship. You uh, you draw the passengers in. Wouldn't have even known where to bloody start with uh, the name. Uh, is it? <laughs> I would have started at A, I guess, Adam. Um, but I feel like he might go back to what worked. They made a grand final in 2017. 18. 18. No, that was West Coast. 19. 19. Yeah, <laughs> they're not far off it. So. Put, put a lot of the guys back to where they did their best stuff yeah, and I, true. I kind of expect that to happen a little bit. So maybe they'll be okay. I could see a world where they go better, but yeah, yeah. I just think that they're a team that'll be looking for, as you've used a couple of times, their identity. Uh, North and West Coast, I think, you know, I've got them in the bottom four, but I yeah. think that they could, they'll shock a couple of teams early. Uh, I think that Clarko obviously steering North Melbourne will be huge for them and we probably won't see them catapult and start to climb the ladder for a couple of years but the hawks and west coast eagles are the next teams that i've got like just rounding out the bottom four i have a yeah. bit more faith in the players top to bottom from hawthorne but a healthy west coast it wouldn't shock me if they leapfrogged someone like st kilwood or even essendon who i mentioned i kind of agree with some of the things you were saying so i could see the coasters finishing call it 12th yeah, I've, I've actually just changed. I've swapped North Melbourne and Essendon around. So okay. I think Essendon will be 7th now. Sorry, boys. And I think North's going to be a little bit better than... Well, they're going to be much better than last year. They've added interesting players, players that are going to help them along. And their midfield is back together. Cunnington's there. I like Sherry. So I reckon they'll be a little bit better than that. Um, and I think I'm optimistically putting West Coast at 14 just because you're like, oh, if they're all healthy, maybe. Yeah. But they butcher the ball. They're the worst worst skilled team in the league. Did so look great. Uh, I want the number one pick anyway. I yeah. wouldn't spoon out. That's yeah. Fine. Harley Reid in a West Coast jersey would look pretty cool. I, I think uh, he might be wearing a North Melbourne jersey as well. Uh, they've got plenty of young talent already on their list, so they might not need it. Don't uh, need it. Speaking of some young talent, let's dive into some awards. Okay. I want you to uh, hit me with your first... Rising star winner. Now, I think that this one is a bit of a layup and I don't think we need to spend too long here. Hence the reason we're starting with rising star. But who's your pick to win that award this season? Uh, you Do you know, want to read off a couple of the candidates? No, I, I'm okay. I think... Um, I reckon Sheasel might do enough in, in an impact way over mm -hmm. like pure raw numbers that Ashcroft might produce in a very busy midfield. Um, so I might just... Just off, just to be different, just take Sheasel. Um, I think he looks super impactful. I did something similar in the uh, Rookie of the Year conversation we had before the NBA starts. I said oh, yeah. Benny Matherin will finish with the Rookie of the Year. Kind of because I wanted to go against the grain as well. But I agree that Sheasel is probably the best contender on this list that I'm looking at. A lot of those top draft picks, if they get 20-plus games, Jimby could stand could a chance. Jinby, Mateus Philippou, Cam McKenzie. And you got some of the older dudes like Sam Darcy and Finn Callahan in the mix, but I think Sheasel will finish runner-up to good old Ashcroft. Yeah, you know, it's 
it's just a bit boring otherwise. A but of course, of course, you kind of go, yeah, I think the, the number one pick is going to be the best player. Yeah, the bloke you know? that everyone was talking about and yeah. was the best player in the player uh, the draft class. He's probably going to win it. Yeah. Um, Brownlow Medal is very interesting. I currently have, I forgot I did two of them, three punts on for Brownlow Medalist this year. Paddy okay. Cripps is actually still the odds-on favourite. Uh, three days out from the season. And then there's all the usual customers. There's a bit too much Andy Brayshaw love for my liking. A lot of people have said that they think he's going to win it. A lot of Don't have uh, people in the preview, the West preview that I read the other day. But again, that's being written by Western Australians, so no surprise there. Yeah, right. Uh, I think that this could be a Marcus Bontempelli Brownlow season. I don't mind that. be and nice the, to see him get one, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, I agree. I feel like he's finished runner-up or top three each of the last couple of seasons. And the smoky that I've got, which will squash one of my bold predictions, but that's all right. I'll go a bit early. So I think Josh Dunkley will win the Brownlow. Could win it in Brisbane. His first year there, just absolutely relishing playing as an inside midfielder. Lockie Neal's going to steal some votes off him, but, but we say that yeah. about we say that about people every year, and then they still win the Brownlow, right? Like remember the golden years when you had Jimmy Bartell winning it, and Joel Selwood was third, and Dane Swan was second, and I forget who the other dominant. Steel side bottom or someone was fourth. Scott Pendlebury fifth. Like we see, if your team's good enough, they get votes. And I think that the doggies, McRae might snag some. Bont will obviously get a lot. Baz Smith might get some. But I think that Josh Dunkley won't uh, struggle to stand out in that Brisbane outfit either. Yeah, look, he definitely could. He's going to have a good year. I don't, he definitely could. I don't yeah. buy him winning it past Neil and McCluggage. Like people love bloody McCluggage. You know, they do. He's a bloody impactful player, but. He's very visible. Um, I, I, and, you know, Ashcroft is also going to be sitting up there taking a lot of the attention. Mm. So I, I'm not so high on Dunkley, but I think he's in a fantastic year. Uh, I'll match your new addition. I think Tim Taranto could get very oh, close. Yes. I like that call. I think he's going to get a lot of footy on a pretty good footy side. But the two big ones for me, I think Rory Laird is going to be pretty hard to deny with the numbers he's potentially about to put up and the one i reckon is the most fun but i could definitely see it happening i think connor rosie yeah i don't now know he's that. midfield full-time he's hyper impactful kicks goals just i think he's he's in for a huge year not just fantasy wise but as like a quality football wise it's his year he's the number one in port don't know that you never see a key forward get up there in the brown low but I honestly wouldn't be shocked if we saw Jezza Cam yeah. get like 20-plus votes this year. Might not yep. be enough to be a top three dude, but I think he was top 10 last year from memory. And he might just be shaping up in the next year or so. We might say that he's the best player in the comp. I think yeah. he's that impactful. Uh, and I'm transitioning because he's my pick, no surprise, for the Coleman medal. Uh, useless sports by Fry stat. When do you reckon the last time someone kicked 70 goals in a season was? Oh... Yeah, a couple of years before COVID. Yep, it was. It was uh, JK when he went back to back, kicked 80 and 75 the year before that, back in 2016 and 15. So you've then got Buddy on 69, Rewalt on 65, Cameron kicked 67 in his last year with GWS. And then it gets a bit weird because there's the COVID years included in there. But I think this year we'll see Jez Cam kick 70 plus okay. and take the award and win his second Coleman medal. Uh, I don't hate that I think him and Tom Lynch are the two best forwards in the league yep um, and with that said I'll take Tommy Lynch I think um, yeah yeah. that's not exactly an award that someone comes storming from the clouds to win right like yeah not you usually. could say actually now that I say that Charlie Kerno winning it last year was a bit of a shock yeah. but yeah like <laughs> I don't think I've just pumped up his tyres but I don't think the fog will kick enough snags to win it he's one of the kings out am I yeah Max, Max is, is out. out isn't he yeah, Ben's okay. back though it's hard yeah. to keep up with the king twins but it yeah, is, yeah there's one of them healthy and one of them busted which seems like the uh, the way for the kings <laughs> yeah sorry um, guys alright so we've got Rising Star Coleman Brownlow I can't think of too many other major awards. We need a most is, improved and stuff. And know, a defensive like, player of the year. Like yeah. I did one in my awards last year. Yeah. And I think I picked Sam Taylor from memory. But it, I'm like, why would you not have most improved or yeah. like best performance? Comeback or player of the year yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Get some get some more awards up in your AFL. This is this is BS. Yeah, so instead, shit. give me your grand final picks 
and your Norm Smith medalist. How, oh how's it going to unfold in uh, on the 12th of March, J-Lo? Oh, my God. Um, let's go for some real fun. Let's go Richmond, Melbourne, and give me... I don't want to see Melbourne win again. Something I don't like about their side, so I'm just going to go with my heart and go, let's give me Richmond one more time. And as tempted as I am to give Dusty a, a fourth, I'd probably go Shea Bolton. Okay. On. Why not? Put my money where my mouth is. Yeah, I was thinking Meatball Prestia could just carve it up. Maybe. Come grand final day. Shea uh, Bolton. That's it. It's, yeah, it's his day. It's Bolton time. It's Bolton time. Let's I get think Bolton. Uh, I'm going to be very vanilla and pick the two teams that I finished, uh, picked to pick one yep. or two on the uh, ladder. I'm going to say there's going to be a D's Lions grand final. And the D's are going to win. And Christian Petrarca will win his second Norm Smith medal because I feel like unless you like stand out in a really significant way, the best player or a player like Dusty and Petrarca is going to keep winning the Normie. So that's my pick, but I'm sure I'll change my mind 18 times before we hit uh, grand final day. Yeah, you watch Brisbane miss the eight or something, you know? And yeah. just be like, oh, well, Could happen. You never know, right? Off. Yeah. Okay, it's okay. time. Here we go. Everyone has been sitting here waiting for this. It is a AFL fantasy edition of the Mount Rushmore. Now, we all know last year that Rory Laird averaged a shitload, 120 to be exact. But do you know where he finished on total points? I do now. (laughs) I just looked it up. He was fifth. He was fifth. And today we're going to draft the players that we think will score the most total fantasy points in season 2023. So you obviously need to factor in a bit of the longevity. I don't Mm. think Timmy English will be picked by me. Can't speak on behalf of you, but... Uh, just quickly reflecting, casting our eyes back to the last Mount Rushmore where we drafted the best centres ever. Uh, I have breaking news. JLo <laughs> took out 82% of the votes and the <laughs> win in that section. Yeah. I think you took out the Twitter poll, the Insta poll, uh, Facebook had it as well. So Almost never yeah, happens. It was a big landslide dub okay. for JLo, uh, which takes the head-to-head ledger... 10 to JLo, 12 to me in the history of Mount Rushmore. It's good to so, close it back out. Yeah, it's good to see that the gap is close, but you know what that means? Because I lost last week, I get the number one pick this week. Okay. And I am taking Roy Laird because I think that he is just going to be head and shoulders better than everyone else fantasy-wise. Yeah. I can't squeeze him into my team at the moment, which is really concerning me, and I might completely change the, my team so I have him there come round one, but I think he is a layup of a choice. Yeah, and you... You probably have to listen to yourself as you say that, you know. I think Rory Laird is going to be the head and shoulders best player. Why am I not starting with him again? Yeah, that's what concerns me. Yeah, uh, okay. Well, that's that's a layup of a pick. Um, I'm going to go a bloke. Doesn't miss games. uh, Has a few downers, but also some monsters. We were looking through it today. I think, oh, it's tough. This is a hard pick. But I think I'm going to go Callum Mills. Choice. Has those, his monstrous games in the way that no one does other than, you know, like that one rare game where Braish has 180 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go Cal Mills because he goes, if he, when he gets 100, he goes into the teens um, and he plays every game. And someone has to score up there in uh, Swansland and set up the runners like Goulden and Warner. So. Yeah, I uh, like you mentioned, we did a big deep dive on a lot of the players' numbers from last year and I was kind of surprised to see how often that, you know, there was a... Call it five or six scores under 80, but then every other score of Cal Mills was 113 plus. Yep. And he had a month-long stretch where I think he went 135 in three of the four. And one yeah. of them was a 160-something. Yep. So, yeah, don't hate that call. Uh, it would be criminal if I now didn't take yeah, okay. who's quickly becoming my favourite player. Uh, I don't think he's quite there yet, but Andy Brayshaw is probably going to start in my M1 slot unless I... Rob a bank and get Rory Laird in there. And I think that there's some concern about the tag that he might cop, but I'm really not. I mean, tag has kind of came a bit more trendy later in the picture last year, but I don't think that Brayshaw will struggle mightily, even if he does get a lot of attention weekly. We know it's no surprise to say that, oh, yeah, oppositions want to slow down Andrew Brayshaw. I think he'll fight through. Yep. No, I totally agree. He would have been my pick next. Um, Boy, it gets a... It's tough, eh? You can, there's no one that really stands out. Well, and uh, the other thing to think about is, though, well, how am I going to win this? Like, uh, you can, you're not going to win it by like going way out of the 
out of the box. Yeah, we're not going to pick mean? like Bont. Well, anyway. which I, you know, which I'm really inclined to do, but you then could. You, you know that the Twitter poll kind of goes out. Oh, no, come on, mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go get one of my favourite players and Tuki Miller. He's choice. You know, we looked at him and Cal Mills head to head. I feel like they're almost exactly the same. Cal Mills goes a bit higher. Tuke is a bit more consistent. Um, and just feels like there's a bit more around him this year. Hmm. Um, so a bit more space. Hopefully he can run, find a bit more open ball because he gets tagged like a madman. Still fights through, but gets tagged like a madman. So I'll take Tuki Mills, bruh. You could get a bit of Noz Anderson growth, a bit of uh, Alex Davies growth. He's a name that bobbed up today as we were doing our deep dive. I do like the size and the build of that character. So, Mm. yeah, great call, great pick with Tuk. He's been in my team the majority of the preseason. And I know that he didn't play in the Pracky game and everyone says, oh, he's, you know, banged up, he's had a limited preseason, you can't pick him to start the year. I'm still pretty fucking tempted. So yeah. I, I do think that Tuke will be right up there amongst the top scorers. Uh, my next pick, first time we're going out of the midfield. Okay. And I'm going forward. I reckon that Josh Dunkley will finish. Well, that this would be the fifth pick. So I reckon he'll finish in the top five of point scorers without much fuss. And if he's going to win the Brownlow, like I predict, he might even be number one. So Josh Dunkley is my third selection. It's a fantastic pick. I probably would have gone there myself. Um but like we sort of mentioned, he might find a bit of trouble getting he the might. footy. Yep. Um, and, you know, he might get pushed forward a bit. I don't know. Uh, at, the, at this point, it could be any of them. Uh, True. But don't mind Dunkley. I'm going to go Clay Tossum Colliver. Choice. For, yep. He feels like the most, the safest fantasy player in that he'll probably get his average. Mm. But Highest he, floor as well, I, I would feel say. like, yeah, that's right. Highest floor, pretty, not a modest ceiling because he can still go 140, but he's not the same level of explosiveness as the guys that we've mentioned thus far. But I'll take Clayton because he's just going to chop through at 110 most weeks and that adds up by the end of the year. So Clayton Oliver, welcome to the side. He son. missed uh, one game last year. Yep. So he's missed his one game for five years. So he should be good for another 22 that's next it. season. Yeah, I'm really tempted to... Uh, take a couple of characters here Mm. and I think I'm just going to revert back to someone who didn't finish very high on total points last season but is another player that is in the mix to be included in the midfield for me and I'm rounding it out with the St Kilda skipper Jackson Steele well done don't think his name is actually Jackson I think it is just Jack but you know annually leads the league in tackles he always gets a lot of the footy and plays heavy midfield minutes if he's healthy with Ross Lyon in the building I can't see that changing so I'm rounding out what I think is a good quartet with Jackie Steele. Yeah, I think her, if I was voting, I'd probably take your crew. Um, so The Laird Brayshaw makes it tough. But yep. you could get another great pick here and it could be very tight. You never know how the SBF community is going to respond. Yeah, that's right. Um, come on, SBF community. <laughs> Look after the man. for me. A couple of names in the mix. Pretty tempted to pick J-Mac just knowing who he is as a fantasy player. bit mm. down last year. But when you say a bit down, bloody averaged 104, you know, <laughs> went 130 like five times. Not a bad down year, right? Yeah, it was a 140 in there. Um, but I'm not going to pick him. I think I'll just go safe. And if you look at who we've picked, I think we've literally picked the top scorers from last year. Oh, yep, we have. Uh, Checks out. I'm going to pick Doherty just because I think, as tempted as I was to take uh, old Brad Crouch, uh, Sam Doherty's just had a monstrous preseason game um, and you, that's as good of a guess as any just finding a lot of open footy and you think about it if Sam Doherty hadn't missed those bloody what like, he missed like three years or something yeah he well, didn't play many games over a three year span I think it was genuinely transcendent fantasy backman mm. um, so welcome to the side Doc good to have you up back uh, and yeah see if we can get over Brayshaw and fucking Dunkley and, Dunkley and Laird. I do think that... Steel. It's, it's nice that we rounded it out with Doc. Uh, Zach Merritt was the yeah. only player that I'm looking at that I'm like, ah, oh, it's a bit of a bummer we left him out. The others I could see a slight dip, mm. like Lockie Neal, McRae, Petrarca, Crouch. But yeah, let's be honest. That was actually pick, bo- so boring of us now I think about it. We what, just picked the, probably like literally the top eight guys from well, last year. You know what? We'll see what the sports big community say. I, I enjoyed myself. I always enjoy myself should when we, it comes to we, the Mount Rushmore. Should we pick a one wild card? All right. Absolutely. Because it was, now I'm thinking about we literally got the top seven or eight. 
players. Um, so do you, you you lead off with a wild card, Frosty? <sighs> I know I've just thrown this on you. No, that's all right. But, uh, uh, so let's say the wild card has to have averaged under 100 last year. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So that at least gives us a field or a pool of players that we can choose from. Uh, and as I scroll through these names, there's no one that jumps off the page. Uh there's a couple of contenders, I think. Okay. Yeah, right. James Sicily could like really get up there if he gets a lot of like rebound footy. I would not be yep. shocked if he was like 105 or had like a really big season. Not going to pick him though. Cogs similar. We've seen him do it before. I'm going to pick Timmy Taranto. Oh, you're a bugger. Yeah, I thought you might have him lined up, uh, but he's the one that I reckon. Really. Oh no, you know what? You can have the wild card pick because. I had the number one pick, so that's only fair. That's how the Mount Rushmore made up on the spot draft works. Okay, then I guess I'll take Tim. Trent, so you're taking right? Timmy? Well, yeah, probably. There's a few guys I wouldn't mind talking through. Uh, will I take Timmy? No, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll go off the wall a little bit. Go uh, on. I'm gonna take. Or, I'm gonna take Jack Crisp. Mm. I reckon Collingwood gonna be good this year. I think he's like the sort of bloke who's. At least an averaging 100. He yep. just had a bit of a weird dip at the end of last year. But if you look at the start of his year, it was fantastic. And I think he's only going to get more space with Tommy Mitchell just dealing it out to him. So I'll go Jackie Crisp because he just does a bit of everything. Tackles hard. Yeah, I don't hate that call. And then uh, you can have Terence. You're you definitely higher on Crispy compared to me. But I can see a world where he does that. I'm tempted to pick a Ruckman here to go... Left Ooh, of field and go like Gorney could... or Roe Marshall, who's actually averaged under 90 as well. Uh, and I think, yeah, I'll go I against like the Taranto one and I'll say Max Gorn. No, sorry, Max Gorn did average over 100. Be, yeah, but yeah. you could probably get Roe Marshall. Yeah, I'll go Roe Marshall. Why not? Let's yeah. throw Roe Marshall into the mix and That's... say that he uh, he gets it done this season. That's actually a good pick. Now, I've, I'm definitely picking your team now. So, I'm happy to chalk well, that I'm, one up as a loss. We're but, really uh, glad that we did an additional pick, eh? Yeah, yeah, no, that was well done. Anyway. It's uh, just there's a wild card for you guys. We might have to uh, implement the uh, wild card tactic in a couple of other Mount Rushmore drafts. Uh, yeah, in the only if they're a little bit vanilla, if and if it suits, I yeah. think that we'll know. There'll be a time and a place. Yeah. Uh, like we said, there actually will be another sit down happening with the boys this week. I reckon we'll go through the West uh, cellar dwellers, give off some other bold predictions, and talk the first week of footy. We won't just Phew. yet have every team announced, but. We'll at least know what the Carlton and Richmond sides are going to look like and that might dictate a couple of rookies and that might change a lot of coaches' structure depending mm. on who gets named. So uh, thanks for joining, Jalo. Another Get Ripper time, pod mate. in the bank. Uh, until next time, chip your windy. Oh, it's back. Oh, it's always here. <laughs> chip your bloody windy. Let's go.